0: It's the Manhattan murder of an elderly woman that was so shocking, olden New Yorkers are now asking if they're still safe living in the city. In tonight's special report, meet a group of seniors using self-defense to transform fear into empowerment, as Metropocus starts right now.
1: This is Metro Focus with Raphael P. Roman, Jack Ford, and Jenna Flanagan. Metro Focus is made possible by Sue and Edgar Wachenheim III, Philemon M. D'Agostino Foundation, the Peter G. Peterson and Joan Ganz Cooney Fund, Bernard and Denise Schwartz, Barbara Hope Zuckerberg, and by Jody and John Arnhold. Dr. Robert C. and Tina Sohn Foundation. The Ambrose Monell Foundation. Estate of Roland Carlin.
0: Good evening and welcome to Metro Focus. I'm Jenna Flanagan. The murder of a New York City grandmother in her apartment is reinforcing fears among some older New Yorkers that they're not safe in the city. It's also empowering others to spread potentially life-saving lessons of martial arts to seniors. Now, Police say Maria Hernandez was discovered bound and strangled on the Upper West Side in January, and two men, including a building maintenance worker, were charged with murder, and the cases underscored the rise in violence against older New Yorkers. Citing NYPD data, the New York Times reported that violent crimes against people 65 and older rose about 10% last year. It's part of the overall major crime surge, prompting some New Yorkers to literally take matters into their own hands, including our first guest tonight. Judge Doris Lynn Cohen is a retired New York State Supreme Court judge who took up martial arts to empower herself, stay safe, and confident, lessons she's now passing on to other New Yorkers. Judge Doris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you. We'd also like to welcome Maria Kramer. Maria is the police bureau chief for The New York Times, whose reporting helped draw attention to these issues. Maria, welcome to Metro Focus. Thank you for having me. And last, but certainly not least, we'd like to welcome Jack Kupferman. Jack is the president of Grey Panthers NYC, which combats ageism and works to achieve social justice through intergenerational collaboration. Jack, it's great to have you on the show.
2: And it's wonderful to have this opportunity. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you. Um, Now, I touched on a little bit about the case in the intro, Maria, but I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what prosecutors are saying about Uh, the life and unfortunately the brutal murder of Maria Hernandez?
3: Yes. So Maria Hernandez was 74 years old and uh, she was found in her apartment by her sister who had uh, come to check on her. And when her sister found her in her apartment, she was unconscious on the ground uh, and she had been bound and gagged. And uh, she immediately, her sister immediately calls the police and the the police quickly zeroed in on two suspects. One of them was um, uh, somebody who had been filling in as a maintenance man at the building. And presumably it was somebody Maria Hernandez um, knew, if not trusted. So these two men have now been charged with her murder. They've also been charged with other uh serious crimes, including um sexual abuse. There were signs of serious sexual abuse found on Maria Hernandez's body. It's a it's a very troubling case, and it, it's one that really
0: unnerved a lot of people in the city. Uh, it, definitely. And Jack, I'm wondering with uh, the organization that you work with, what was, what has at least been your sense of the reaction to this particular crime, which again, just so brutal from what Maria described?
2: As everyone has noted, this, the situation is horrific. And what I've been hearing from friends and colleagues and those who we interact with, it's this is not just an issue of a specific older person, it affects everyone. And the fear, whether or not it's always just justified is real. And there's a lot of pain out there, a lot of fear, and a lot of sympathy. And the question is, how do we all move forward or make life better for ourselves?
0: Well, speaking of that, uh, Judge Doris, as I mentioned in the intro, um, martial arts has been one of the ways that at least you have empowered yourself to feel confident and then subsequently safe. But what, first of all, again, your reaction to this horrific crime, but also why was that the route that you felt was gonna be best for yourself?
1: Well, it is a horrific crime. And unfortunately, so many of these crimes happen also on the street and so that has really affected the senior population if you check the stats uh, for people going to senior centers there's real concern Um, after the pandemic for example where and during the pandemic there was a lot of crime in the Asian American community and so in that community the senior centers saw a 50 percent drop and people are not returning. And that is true pretty much across the board as well. Seniors are not going to senior centers. And my experience was of course, dealing with the anti-Asian violence. I was in Vietnam at the time and I saw the drastic increase. It was like 150% from one year to the next during the pandemic. And then it went up another 350%. And so For myself, I wanted to feel empowered. I didn't want to go back to... I was stuck in Vietnam for 15 months because of the pandemic. I went on a four-week vacation, returned into 15 months because the entire world closed. But I wanted to come back, and I really thought about coming back because I I didn't want to come back in fear. I didn't want to come back being afraid to go into the subway, taking the bus, walking down the street. And so many of my friends had been... Um, attacked as uh, some of them were older. Uh, one woman was sucker punched on, on Mott Street. A friend of mine who was older was sucker punched on Mott Street. I didn't want to come back feeling um, afraid. So mm-hmm. I had a martial arts background in Tai Chi, but I started taking more martial arts. And when I came back to the United States, uh, I have to say the martial arts community. Uh, in New York and the United States really stepped up. A lot of the Sifu's volunteered their time uh, for free courses. And I think that's a way of empowering oneself and become stronger and more confident. They teach you really how to uh, be aware of your surroundings, how to stand, how to make sure that, for example, on, on a subway platform that you're bladed, that you're not Uh, So it's harder for somebody to. I was going to say, I'm sorry, Judge, but explain what does it mean to be bladed? It's having one foot um, in front of the other. And so that your balance that you could actually easily shift your weight from one foot to another. So if somebody pushes you, you have the counterbalance of the front foot stopping that push or somebody pushes you from the front you have the back foot so it's a a lot of martial arts teach you how to basically blade yourself so that you can see what's going on and you can you have peripheral vision behind as well in the side so that's an important skill to have Uh, and a lot of the martial artists who volunteer their time that was one of the things they talked about about being aware about being confident and not making yourself a victim.
2: Martial arts is one opportunity for older people to feel empowered. And let's let's not forget, it's not only about older people. It's about you. It's about everyone. Everyone has this terrible fear of what of violent crime, and we can use this uh, this horrific incident as an opportunity to be more not only more aware, but learn more balance and to be aware that we are all the the five year old that you know, is a future older person. How do you maintain the empowerment so that all of us can live our best lives always, which is part of the Grey Panthers um, concept is like intergenerational. It is not even intergenerational. It's you, us, to make to make it less likely that these horrific incidents are going to happen. And that is right. kind of a mindset we should all have.
1: Absolutely. Taking measures that we can basically protect ourselves so that we feel confident, that we take the simple thing of blading oneself. I ha- I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine, I was walking with her, and we saw somebody who looked a little off, and she immediately turned her back to him. And I said, Don't turn your back, like, blaze yourself so you can see. Because if your back is towards it, you can't see that he's coming to push you, right? But those are little common sense things that we can all learn. Uh, some of us learned it because we had no choice, you know, in, in our neighborhoods, but some of us did not learn that. And those are measures we can take. And speaking of that, my so i started taking jujitsu i took praying mantis filipino martial arts but not everybody has to do everything right Uh, there are simple things that one can learn and my jujitsu teacher actually offered a free course for asian women in during the pandemic he's actually now offering another essentially free course it's like 20 dollars for two days for women and anybody who's interested can you know sign up for that and we're going to work with grey panthers my my uh my jiu teacher and <laughs> grey panthers are combining to do that course for older new yorkers so anybody interested in uh that course they can contact the grey panthers uh website and i jack can certainly give that website uh so that people will have it
2: you know something this is Ray panthers New York City, right dot org Ray panthers, Ray panthers, Now this also is part of a whole mindset on how we perceive aging, how we perceive people who are perceived to be vulnerable, whether or not they are and how vulnerable all of us are. We want to make we being we're not as vulnerable as people make us out to be. Mm Yeah, there's always these horrible things that happen. How do you minimize the risk? That has been a major problem. Well,
0: speaking of that, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but speaking of minimizing the risk, because what both of you were talking about definitely sound um, very proactive and uh, like definitely good steps to take. But Maria, I'm wondering, do we know if the city and state are stepping in to support either one of these initiatives that we've heard about, or on their, in their own way to help ensure that, again, as Jack was saying, this is about everyone feeling safe and secure in the city.
3: Uh, the city and the state both say that they're taking uh, many steps to not only deal with the public safety concerns and real public safety concerns and issues that older New Yorkers face, but also the growing population of, of older New Yorkers. We know that by 2040, uh, the population of uh, of older New Yorkers is going to grow by 40% to, I believe it's 1.4 million. That's that, that outpaces the growth of the general population. So this is something that the city and the state do have to address. They do have to look at, and they say they are. Um, I spoke with a member of the NYPD, and he described, you know, working closely with the the Department for Aging and the city, um, you know, talking to uh, older New Yorkers, going to meetings, giving them tips and advice on what to do, urging them to call 911 if somebody comes to their house and says, I'm the electrician, or, you know, I'm here to check your gas, and, and saying, listen, if you've got a feeling in the pit of your stomach that this isn't right, you know, do not open that door and call nine one one. You know, uh, giving other tips like making sure that you have the phone numbers of all your utility people hand your utility companies handy, so that if somebody comes wanting to come in um, and you're not sure that they are who they say they are, they're not identifying themselves, you can call and say, is there a problem? Is there a reason that I should le- le- uh, let these people in? Uh, and on a more holistic sense, you've got the state, you're developing a master plan on aging. It's very much in the nascent um, stages right now, but, but public safety is part of that. That's something that they say that they're looking at and uh, and is, a, is is gonna be a key piece of, of their of their overall strategy.
2: I wanted to, Uh, I want to amplify what you were saying, Maria. The police department has, over the course of decades, been attuned to the issues of public safety for older persons. And the uh, emphasis on that has shifted up and down. Um, Now, obviously, with this incident, it should be a spur for further action. Uh, The the DA's office have elder abuse uh sections the you were talking about the master plan on aging which is being planned now there are other components of that and we're talking about this as for, for again for everyone that we all know of various situate these horrible situations in your in the article you also reference the the older guy in the east village
3: oh yes
2: uh, it's kind of similar, and also, let us never forget that the, Manhattan is not the only borough. And this sort of stuff happens elsewhere without the same kind of attention. How do we move together to create more fewer incidents and the feeling of more safety? I have
0: hard. some suggestions um, to ask. Well, I'm sorry, um, Judge, but, just one well, very quickly. Sure. I just want to make sure, Maria, for people who haven't read the mm-hmm. whole article, can you just share us a little bit about the other gentleman that Jack was referring to?
3: Yes, that was a case of the East Village. He is a longtime store owner, and he's been there decades, and I believe he's 90 years old. Uh, um, he was uh, um, struck in the face by a man who approached him. You know, Late at night, he keeps his business open very late, and he was um, um, struck uh, uh, repeatedly. Um, you could still see the bruises on his face. You know, when the when the news cameras came to interview him later on. Um, and yeah, that's a that's 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 an example of a of a Manhattan case. Um, but you know, I mean, the story does describe does go does, does go outside of Manhattan. Describes cases in other boroughs. You know, there's the case of a woman in her 80s who was uh, uh, she was the victim of a home invasion. Um, where a woman came in, demanded to know where she kept her money, and when the victim refused to tell her, she poured boiling water on her. And it was this horrific case. You know, this woman was found by her niece the next day. Luckily, she uh, survived the injuries, um, but it's it's the kind of violence and the kind of uh, attack that leads many people who advocate for older New Yorkers to say, why... um, you know, what is what motivates this kind of crime. And the conclusion that many of them come to is that it is a form of ageism because you are perceiving someone as more vulnerable, you're perceiving someone as not being able to defend themselves. And so therefore you are targeting them, targeting them for that reason. And that is a form of ageism. Correct. In their Absolutely. Mind. Absolutely. Correct. It would be
1: great if the senior centers would have uh self-defense courses beyond a police. Mm-hmm coming in at a one-shot deal um, where you catch whoever, whatever seniors are there that day. But I don't know of any senior center that has any sort of real martial arts. There are other cities and countries who focus on uh, Tai Chi so that people can be healthy and balanced. You know, a lot of uh, seniors are subject to falls. Tai Chi has been proven scientifically to help that. Uh, that's a concrete suggestion that is frankly pretty cheap to implement. Um, you could do it in a public park, you could do it in a senior center, and that would be something that, uh, you know, if, if, if a city and state really serious about uh, helping their seniors be healthier and more confident, um, and so that they could perhaps fight back or run or whatever it is. Um, that would be something that would be easy to implement.
3: The Chinese American uh, 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 Planning Council, they, they, which runs some centers in the um, in the city, they they did say that they they are offering uh, self defense classes. They offered them, I believe, last fall, and they wanted to open it up again in the, in the spring to see if they, to see if there's an interest. And
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, I'd I'd be surprised if there weren't.
2: <laughs> right. You know, and we we all hear that people are hesitant to move out, go out. There's COVID, mm-hmm. which started shut everybody in, and then we have that amplified by po- not even post-COVID, but the mental health crisis that yes. happens because of COVID. Meaning, people are not in their right mind because they've been so traumatized by the specter of death, and then on top of that, isolating themselves, whether they're isolating themselves at home or not, uh, or not being cons- or in institutions or on the street. There's a comp a number of issues that are going on at the same time. And it impacts older people more directly, because they as we've all been talking about, they're perceived to be vulnerable. And this is about not only your parents, and not only me and Doris and Maria and everyone and Jenna,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but how do we come? We the dream is to come together as a community. The community may be the city of New York, the community maybe of older people. To address issues of ageism here, it's manifested as easy targets. We have an opportunity here. There are no silver linings to COVID, but we do have an opportunity to bring ourselves together in a more effective fashion.
0: Well, Jack, you know, I do wonder, as you were talking, because you very rightly so mentioned uh, the mental health crisis and um, with uh, this rise in um, crime against uh, New York's elder community. Is there any concern or addressing the fact that this could also be uh, creating a level of paranoia for people, which seems like it would be quite understandable?
2: That's what's happening. That is what's happening, you know, on a personal basis. I'm at high risk for COVID. Um I think when I have to think before I go out. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't like that before. We also have the the, and that for me who I live nicely. I live safely. And what about everybody others who don't have those same opportunities? Um and it's, a, it's confusing, life is confusing, and it's confusing for older people as well, which, as you point out, paranoia. And if you remember, with paranoia, there's usually a nugget of truth somewhere in there.
0: Judge Doris, do you also find that that is something, perhaps, uh, that is also a factor to be considered, is that with all of these compounding issues that are facing people, it, I mean, it's got to add to just the, you don't feel the same sense of safety that perhaps you might have just a few years ago.
1: Absolutely. For me, um, hearing the percentages, the increase in uh, crimes um, is certainly, when well, you hear the statistics, what I mentioned before of anti-Asian violence jumping 350%, but mm-hmm. you break it down into actual, what are the incidents, which is already terrible. The number of incidents is not as great um, as the fear is of all the incidents. In other words, if you break it down and there are 150 incidents, well, your chances actually of being a victim of a crime is pretty low because there are millions of Asians. So if you break it down that way, just same thing in terms of seniors there are millions of seniors and something happens to 100 it's already bad but if you personalize it and say it's going to happen to me and you're so fearful you're never going to leave the house and i think that's why i like martial arts because it provides that confidence i'm not look i'm never looking for a fight but i'm pretty confident that i could avoid one number one because i'm aware You know, that sort of training makes you aware. And number two, if I have to, I could take somebody down. I'm pretty confident
0: (laughs) about that. One more question though, though, Judge, is uh, can you live with that awareness that, you know, just aware of your space, but also be in a relaxed state? Or is it like a hypervigilant awareness?
1: It's not a hypervigilant. I will say when I go to a subway, um, in a subway car, I always scan to see if there's somebody off. And I'm very aware. Now, I went on a subway and there was somebody in the summertime wearing a winter coat and talking to himself. You would be amazed how many people went and sat near him. Okay. They were completely oblivious. The man is in a winter coat in the summer in a subway car. And people are they pulled out their phone and they started looking at their phone. And meanwhile, I'm on it and I sit. Hypervigilant, i'm not hyper vigilant but i will sit at the edge of my seat i never sit back and totally relaxed um, but i am not hyper vigilant i am aware there's a difference um, and so those are things that martial artist teachers will hammer into you will talk to you about it you don't have to have a defensive weapon but whatever's near you you can make a weapon In other words, a water bottle can be a weapon, just a plain water bottle. Somebody will teach you how to do that, how to use it in an effective way. If somebody has a cane, how to use that in an effective way defensively.
0: Maria, is there any consideration of changing crimes against older New Yorkers to hate crimes? Uh, I have not heard that kind of
3: um, um, effort um, going anywhere. I think that you know when I was speaking with advocates of this, that they said that uh, it's one of those things that when it happens, they start to push for it, or they, they, they think about pushing for it, but then other issues come to the fore. So if, if it would be interesting to see if this starts to develop in that way. I did want to say one thing about mm-hmm. uh, uh, the concern that many people who run senior centers have, and that is that. Um, you know, as, as Judge Doris said, uh, the chance, chances of you being a victim of a crime, when you look at the statistics and the overall population, are quite low. But what's really uh, a, a risk is, is self-isolation, is staying away from community and staying away from senior centers where, where there are people there who will help you and uh, um, you know, provide uh, resources that will help with the mental health. And so that's why there's such a push on, this, on the part of uh, those who run senior centers to get people back in there.
0: Thanks for tuning in to MetroFocus. You can take our award-winning program with you wherever you go with MetroFocus the podcast. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Or simply ask your smart speaker to play MetroFocus the podcast. Also available at metrofocus.org, wliw.org/radio and on the NPR One app.